2: and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited for today's show. And to be perfectly honest, we started like five minutes ago in the pre-show. I really need to start recording those. I'm Deborah Eckerling. I'm author of your goal guide and creator of the dev method for goal setting simplified. You can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. So every Monday, I bring together three experts to dive into the topic of the week. And then Thursday, it magically becomes an episode of the dev show podcast. So whether you're watching live or the replay or listening to us, we're so glad you're here. And we're talking about coaching and coaching careers. And it's just plain going to be awesome. And first we have today, Christy Maxfield and Christy and I, we met thanks to our mutual friend, Jess Duhl. We were on a panel together like a week and a half ago and I'm like, I have a slot. Want to come play? She's like, heck yeah. So really excited to have you in the Deb Show family, for lack of a better word. Thank you. And also Cliff Ravenscraft, my dear social media friend who I hadn't seen in years. And now it, I see it already. You are becoming a regular. Yes, I'm I'm excited.
0: This is appearance number two.
2: Well, and we must say that you you were on talking about self-care last fall.
0: Mm, Yes.
2: And I said, Cliff, it's been way too long. And this is how I stay in touch with my friends. I just have them on the show over and over. And anybody who's heard me tell people that someone is an FOA or Friends of Annie, well, today we have Annie P. Ruggles, the Annie of the Friends of
1: Annie... What do cult? we call it? I don't know. You know it. I, I I am the A of the FOA. And for those of you who don't know who the FOA is, hang out with Deb and you'll find out. Apparently, there's like a cult of personality around me that I didn't even realize was a thing. But it's a thing and you're all in it now.
2: I think it's all the, it's the whole point of, again, you can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. And Today we're talking about coaching, and the heart of coaching is creating that community. But before I keep talking, I would love for my guests to introduce themselves, I would say better, but really introduce themselves since all I said is, you're awesome, which is true. But um, please, Christy, first of all, welcome, please share who you are and why you're so excited to talk about coaching.
3: Thank you so much, Deb. Uh, we're becoming fast friends. And if I'm lucky, by the end, I will have an invitation to the FOA just putting it out there. Um, And Cliff, whatever cult we need to create for you, I'm sure we can can get that ball rolling. Uh, Christy Maxfield, I own uh, Purpose First Advisors, and I work with small business owners to help them build sustainably profitable businesses. Everybody should be getting paid competitively, and everybody should be getting paid regularly, and everybody should be loving the business they're in. So the more I can do to help people do that, uh, the happier I am. I am super excited to be talking about coaching because... Um, uh, really, what you said in the beginning, you need your people, uh, and so much about coaching is being open to inviting people into your journey and tapping their very best on behalf of you and your vision. So I'm excited to to talk about how I got here and what I get to do every day, which really makes me happy.
2: And loving what you do is really the key for everything. Because when you love what you do, it shows. When you don't love what you do, it really, really shows. So why not love what you do?
3: Oh yeah, I mean, I've only been fired once, but it's because my soul made sure that they knew I was not happy,
2: right? (laughs) And
3: and there's just no hiding that when you are, you know, when you're not where you're supposed to be, you've got to find other other places to be there. And then, um, and sometimes you just have to be open to the possibilities. I never thought I was going to own my own business or be a business coach. And it's been a wonderful journey and a real blessing to help other people see the potential in their business and then help them bring it to, to actuality reality.
2: And again, probably why we were both chosen for that panel. Thank you, Jess Jewel. Yes. Thank you, Jess Jewel. And I think also the reason that I, that i That you all, um, I don't want to sound too woo-woo, but that you all kind of gelled as the right group to bring together is because of your enthusiasm. I mean, I I like to think everybody I bring on loves what they do. But you all are so invested in helping others be better, do better, have better. And and that's what I'm all about. You know, having life you want is a choice. It is. You got to choose it. And you have to choose it. So, Cliff. Hello. Hi. Great to see you. Um, For the people who might not know who you are, please tell them.
0: Well, (laughs) first and and foremost, sure. I am a divine spiritual being here having a human experience. Uh, I currently am undergoing the persona of Cliff Ravenscraft, mindset and business coach. I help people discover their true identity and live the life they feel most called to live in this world.
3: Easy
2: peasy. That's it. And so <laughs> and that's not no woo woo. I don't know what is. And I'm on the woo woo crane. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling by the end of this. And and by the way, you are both like, just by virtue of being on a show with Annie, you are now in that FOA cult, but also whatever other community, it, it's the community, right? And All about raising people up so they've got that comfort level, so they're ready to choose themselves, so they can go and move forward.
0: That's exactly what it's all about for me. It is about helping people discover who they truly are when you erase. All of the things that you have adopted about who you are, who you've created yourself to be, so that you would be accepted by other people's expectations of who they think you ought to be or what you should be interested in pursuing in life. And so I help people... Discover the fact that, you know, you could be a blank slate. You could escape from the box that you've put yourself in by trying to meet the expectations of your parents and your friends and peers and everybody else that's told you what life is all about. And you could create life on your terms. You could create your own reality. And that's what I love helping people do. Discover their true identity as divine spiritual beings, having a human experience, and helping them deconstruct all the beliefs that they picked up without any conscious critical thought when they were a child and throughout the rest of their lifetime, and helping them understand that a thought is nothing more than a, uh, I'm sorry, a belief is nothing more than a thought that you keep thinking or that you feel certain is true, and they can all change if you desire it.
2: Absolutely. And, And
1: mindset, mindset, mindset. Exactly. Mindset. Awesome. Annie... I'm, still, see you. I'm just so beautifully hung up on the idea of being a blank slate. Yes. It's how gorgeous is that? Right. So many of us are like, if I could have a second chance, if I could have a fifth chance, if I could pivot, if I could relaunch, if I could redo, if I could blah, blah. It's like, look, you can have a blank slate whenever you want one. If you're willing to do in that deconstructive deprogramming work, if you're willing to let things go, which is so much easier said than done. But when you have the right cliff in place, when you have the tools, right? I think that's why it's so great that we're talking about coaching. A coach can help you by saying, do the following things to get closer to that clean slate. And then you just have to rise to the occasion of keeping it how you want it to be. I just, I'm, I'm just so delightfully floored by that idea,
0: Cliff. Format the hard drive. That's the way that I think. Yes! That's all it is.
1: Yes, we got functional hardware in there. Sometimes c- c- we control- just got to go clean it up. Control
0: Alt Delete for the old people in the house.
1: Yes, defrag that
2: hard drive. <laughs> Wait, do people not Control Alt Delete anymore?
0: No, I don't think so.
3: And if they do, they call it something else. I mean, it's
2: and they call it, well, reboot it. You're right. Okay, well, the, I'm Andy... sure
3: there's an acronym.
2: The problem Andy, is, is, will is you pe- please introduce yourself so we can go back right. to talking.
1: Hi, y'all. I am Annie P. Ruggles. I am not a cult leader, uh, even though that is what you've heard. I am the founder of the Non Sleazy Sales Academy and the author of The Coach Who Would Not Sell. And I am very, very excited to be talking about coaching today because I think our industry is in some dark, dark times and we can band together and save it. um, Because again, it's all about choice.
2: It is, well, what it was, and I was thinking about this today, also, hopping for this conversation. It's like, everybody thinks they can put on a hat and be a coach. And A, it's not for everybody. And B, some people shouldn't. (laughs) And to. um... And every time someone accidentally and wrongly calls me a life coach, I go a little bit nuts because anybody who knows me knows, no, goal strategist. you know, lead workshops, help people figure out what they want and how to get it. But there are a lot of people, they take a course and they think they're okay to help other people. And maybe some of them are, but I'm getting a little in the weeds. So Annie, why don't you finish the thought? that you started about why you think coaching um, is kind of getting a bad rap and in overload and everything else right now?
1: couple of factors. And I, I by no means want to just throw the entire industry out. I love this industry. This industry has changed my life. The industry has changed the lives of more people than I could even count if we had a day-long show, Right. But it is an unregulated industry, and we are going through yet another period of economic recession. And one of the great things about economic recession is that people get scrappy and are like, I have to figure out something I can do to make money. So what's that going to be? And we see these big booms in entrepreneurship, and that's awesome. I'm a small business coach. I'm not dogging entrepreneurship, right? But back 12, 13 years ago, when I started as a happiness coach of all freaking things, before marketing, before sales, way back in the way back, when we were still telling people that it wasn't athletic coaching, when we were still explaining what the concept of coaching could be, we were like, no, it's just somebody on the sidelines with you, taking you through it. They're holding your hand. They're you know, two steps ahead of you on the learning curve, and it had this purity back then, that still people that are gravitating toward the calling of coaching, capital C, the calling of coaching, are still drawn to. But what's happened in between then and now is a million get-rich-crook schemes, a million tripwires, a million pressures to go high ticket, uh, 75,000 arguments about whether you need to be certified or not, you know, lots of shaming about price points and everything else because the industry has become big business. And that's fine. I want us all to make money. But the reason I'm saying coaching is in trouble is because at this point, most people investing in coaches have now purchased a disreputable coach or they've overpaid for something or they've been overpromised or terrifyingly, especially in the health and mental health domains. People are showing up outside of their lanes and advising beyond their scope. And we just need to come together as a community and talk about what ethical, responsible coaching looks like so that our clients can get the best results and we can operate with the safest practices so that we both can grow. Right now, there's not a whole lot of that happening. There's a whole lot of finger pointing. There's a whole lot of blaming. There's a whole lot of backroom. Well, I heard so-and-so is doing this, and that's not all that ethical. We need to bring all that out into the light so that we, as helper people, can help our industry from going out the door as a bunch of woo-woo self-help trash.
2: An episode over. So, (laughs) Claire, your thoughts?
0: Well, my thoughts is that I am definitely one of the woo-woo self-help guys who have super high-ticket items that uh, has generated millions of dollars in online course and sales and events and workshops and all the other stuff, and I have zero degrees from any university and no credentials whatsoever. I've not been certified for anything, and... I've really never really concerned myself with what people call me, whether it's coach, life coach, pastor, um, advisor, mentor, any of that stuff. So I don't know. I, I I pretty much just go with what I want to do in this world. I create the life that I want. I started by coaching myself, seeing transformation in my life, and people have said, wow, how did you do what you did? How did you go from living an entire life as an employee into becoming a business owner. How on earth did you go from making only $11,000 net income in your first year of business to uh, working night and day, almost dying in the hospital after the first year to where about two and a half to three years in your business, you're making $700,000 in one year and you've lost 100 pounds in body fat? And how did you radically transform the relationship that you had with your young children? How did you do this? How did you network and build relationships with these people who have helped you get your name and your brand out in front of millions of people around the world? And I am said, I'd love to jump on a call and just share with you anything you want to know, anything I've ever experienced in life. I'm what I'm more than happy to share with you Every bit of education I've ever soaked up from every book I've studied, every course I've taken, every conference I've went to, everything that I've learned from the School of Hard Knocks, I'll share all of my education. Anything that I've experienced, I will give you everything that I can tell you about what my experiences have been. I will share all of my skills, all of my talents, all of my abilities. I will bring them to bear for you. And this is how much I charge for an hour. This is how much I charge if you want to meet with me once a month for a year. This is how much I charge for my paid mastermind groups. This is how much I charge for my workshops. If you are interested, sign up here. And so far, I've gotten great response. And so I, for one, am thankful that I didn't have to jump through a bunch of legalized hoopla and regulation to do what I do.
2: And the thing that that you said, and, and I'm... I don't want to say I'm in the same boat because we're not the same people, but I too, I developed my system through my years working in writing and project management and communications. So similar to you, Deb, where's your life? That's why I get pissed when people call me a life coach. And I'm like, no, I, because people can take an hour or two hour course and become a certified life coach. I think what we do, which is taking our experience and sharing it to help others is, Not the same, and I also know you, so I wouldn't
0: have. Well, and the cool thing is, is I didn't even I didn't even take a two hour course. I've never (laughs) taken I've never taken a coaching course ever in my life. I've read two books on the topic of coaching. (laughs) One is called "The Coaching Habit," which talks about from Michael Bungay Stanier, who basically shares that coaching is about asking powerful questions, and here's how you can avoid the advice monster. That's book number one I've read on the topic of coaching. Book number two, The Prosperous Coach by Rich Litvin and Steve Chandler. And it's a four-step process for how to create clients that are willing to pay you for your coaching. Those are the only two books I've ever read on the topic of of coaching. So I have no credentials. But what I do have (laughs) is over 30 years of coaching people. Going all the way back to when I was 18 years old, leading unpaid mastermind groups. Back back then, we called them Bible studies. But in our home, I led a group of small young adults, small young adults, a small group of young adults in my home every week. And I did that for two decades. And during that time, I sat down with people who were contemplating suicide, people whose uh, sister or spouse or mother who had just died of in a tragic car accident. I spent more than a decade as an insurance agent helping people who have experienced all the crises you can possibly imagine while being a pastor on the side. So I've just been coaching. Just by my natural gifting and calling in life. And so, and for me, I don't care if you call it life coach. I don't, you can call me whatever you want as, <laughs> that you, that we made a big deal about that. It's, I don't care what you call me. The thing is, is my question is, is there anything I can do to support and encourage you? That's all I care about.
2: Christy. Do you have something before. to add to this or are you um, just like, I'm staying out of it? No, I mean,
3: Is- I started my professional career as a fundraiser. Nobody wakes up one morning and says, I'd like to ask people for money uh, as, as my profession. Right. But I, I fell into it and, um, and I'm good at it. Right. Um, and there's the association of, uh, professional fundraisers AFP has a code of ethics, right? Um, and one of the things is that fundraisers need to be paid to do the work they do and it can't be based on a percentage of how much they raise, right? I'm not sure what the other things are. That's the one I kind of hang my hat on because to me it's always been about I'm I'm in, being engaged by an organization to do the work that may result in a gift. And if I don't do the work, it will never result in a gift. But ultimately I have no control over whether or not the donor makes the gift. I can only position I can only do the work that's needed. And I need to be compensated for doing that work. And I feel that way, I don't promise my clients that I'm going to increase their profitability. I I want to help them build a sustainably profitable business, but ultimately the work they do is the work they do. My job is to help them identify what success looks like, understand what the current state of the business is. What is their desired end result? What's the delta between the two? And what do we need to do to start taking steps that will bring us closer to where we want to be? Along the way, we deal with a lot of stuff that Cliff deals with, lots of mindset stuff. And I and I am able to coach them as far as my talents will allow me. But if there are certain things they need other professionals for, I need to refer out. Um, and there are folks that Frankly, I'm not going to spend a year with you talking about why money doesn't make you happy. If money doesn't make you happy and you want to own a business, I need you to go work on that with somebody else and then come back to me when you're ready to actually do the things that will make you money. And I don't mean it in a mean way. I just know my lane. Like to Annie's point, like I know my lane. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm qualified for. Um, I did a startup. Then I got my MBA. Right. That kind of thing. And I've never taken, I, I think I took a coaching course once when I was employed by someone else doing something else. Um, to, and so there's the jargon of the of what we call now coaching, right? Um, but really, I was raised in a family business. I did a startup. I work with early stage entrepreneurs. And I figured out I'm a really good number two when I'm in a company. And so as a coach, why can't I be a number two to a whole bunch of people? And take my coaching and my consulting skills and all the things that that having that perspective uh, allows me to bring to the business because I work with visionaries. Um, If we were both visionaries all the time, I probably wouldn't be a really good coach for them. But I can see their business from the perspective of an operational standpoint. How do we actually do what you say you want to do and get it done? Right. so I'm all for people acting ethically and morally and responsibly. I'm all for what, what, I, what bothers me the most is that particularly women and entrepreneurs of color receive a whole host of services that vary in quality and oftentimes have that really bad experience with somebody who pushed them to do something they didn't want to do, they shouldn't do for them. It's not right. It's not intrinsic. And, and it doesn't help them live their best life. Um, because they've, you know, there, that, that, that coach, that mentor, that support um, felt that that was the best path, but did not respect that person's uh desires and needs and frankly vulnerabilities right so what upsets me is when those folks get taken advantage of and they still really need help but they've been burned and they're rightfully skeptical that the next person whether it's me or Annie Deborah Cliff comes in and says I can actually help you they're gonna they're gonna hesitate they're gonna hesitate and they're gonna worry and they're gonna they're you know, because they probably already spent, time, well, they definitely spent time, but they probably already spent money. And even if they didn't spend money, they're emotionally not prepared to be that vulnerable again. So that's where I kind of put my stake in the ground is if you, if you want to, if you want to hurt people, you know, you, you need to, you need to step aside. And, but if you really want to help people, then we need to agree on what help looks like.
2: Oh yeah. Annie, I, and, and I see you nodding furiously.
1: Well, Christy just filled in that really important gap called intent, right? And and I want to be very, very clear. I am in no way anti-high ticket. Make your money, honey. It's the of the people that are, and I teach sales. So like, please, please make your money, right? Like most of the people that I know that are the highest caliber of coaches, and I know gajillions of them, facilitate transformation that is priceless, so you may as well have a comma in your check, okay? Like, no problem, <laughs> number one. Number two, I am not anti-self-help. My mother is a motivational speaker, now retired. I am a second-generation self-help writer. These are the books. These are the classics. These are the new texts that help bring us forward. I'm not anti-self-help, and I'm not anti-woo. I am not anti self help and i am not anti woo i am woo As the day is long, and I am all for using energy of any form to facilitate change in you and other people, but what Chrissy is talking about is the fact that a disreputable few sitting on a perch are telling victimized people that not only do they need to change their life by following these methods, that they should also turn around and make a buck off of that, and that's what I'm talking about that can't happen. That is what we cannot allow to be called coaching. But I loved, y'all, did you hear in Cliff's example when Cliff was talking about rising to the occasion of solving that problem with that person and all of the names he's been called? He's been called pastor. They called it Bible study right then, but it's building community, leading people through processes, getting people to show up for themselves through your own exampling, all of that. But did you all hear that when Cliff was saying, let's talk about it, anything that's within my resources available to you, anything I've been through, did y'all hear that Cliff never stayed outside his lane and showed up in full integrity and didn't make any promises? What Christy said, which was so clear, was, yes, I have seen countless Women and people of color straight up victimized by this industry with the questions of questionable caliber, right? Because the person at the top doesn't actually care about them. They're a a wolf in a coach clothing, right? Listen, listeners, I'm not saying this is all of coaching. This isn't even a large fraction of coaching, but we together can band together and say not in our industry, not with our clients. You cannot treat people like this with me. And then the choices we make are to show up in full integrity. And the way that we show that proof, certifications are only one way. Cliff doesn't have a certification. Cliff doesn't need a certification. I don't have a master's in marketing. I don't need a master's in marketing. But what I have Is 14 years of experience. What Cliff has is 30 years as a pastor. What we all have is experience on this planet together right? Certifications are just one way there. But the more we can rise and say, listen, I really know my stuff and my heart's in the right place. And you're going to compensate me and feel great about it so that we can be in positive energetic exchange. That is when coaching hits and hits and hits and keeps delivering. And that's what I want. Any single person that needs that kind of support or craves to give that kind of support, that's the industry I want them coming into.
0: I, you know, I, I work with a lot of individuals who want to be coaches and really struggle, and they feel like I don't have what it takes because there are so many people out there who have so much more experience. They're far more credentialed than I have. They have more education. They know that they've got frameworks and formulas, and they have experience leading so many people through them. Why would anybody lead me? I, 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 I have the strongest desire to be a coach but I just don't feel like I've read enough studied enough learned enough and all this other stuff and I agree there are some people who maybe aren't going to be the best coaches in this world ever and make a profitable living from it but there are a number of people who have way more than what it takes already but they also have this mindset that you know this coaching industry rap i don't i don't want anybody to call me a life coach because that that has such a negative connotation to it <laughs> and if we think it seems to me like there's at least from what i'm feeling is there's a vibe of woo that's acceptable in this community of of get, that's gathered here on the screen and so if i think about the law of attraction We pull out of people the things that we focus on. So my concern is focusing too much on the negative aspects of coaching, which brings more of that into our reality. Uh, So if we think about the law of attraction in that way, that's the energetic output that I'm putting out. So therefore, I'm going to bring more, at least experience more of that in my experience. And this is what I see a lot of brand new want-to-be coaches struggle with, their condition that You know, this everybody's had these bad experiences, and so therefore, because I don't have this, and I'm like, listen, you have been an incredibly powerful leader in this corporate career for the last 25 years of your life. You have been a coach this entire time. You do not need to go get certified, you do not need to go do this. You are ready to be paid and incredibly well. You could be making three times what you're making in your day job as a corporate vice president. As a standalone coach, and you could be doing it in three to six months if you could just get over your beliefs about what it means for somebody to call you a life coach. It is your focus on the negative aspects of what's going on in the coaching industry that is causing that to be your reality as you in your pursuit of being a coach. And so this is while I I totally understand and agree that there are people who are victimized by charlatans, the the one thing—I can't bring myself to say I need to be involved in settling the situation and, and being a part of the solution as to how to protect those people— other than being an incredibly powerful coach that not only serves people who are paying me, but to put out tons of free content to the world, which I have 50 podcasts over 4,700 free hours worth of podcast content, where I'm teaching people how to have discernment, how to how to know when you are being misled, and how to go within and find the truth within you, and the fact that you really don't even need me as your coach. If you really knew how powerful you are and the connection you have to true discernment, to the true guru inside of you, if you will, we'll go full woo on it. So really for me, what I just want to say is that – as a coach, I want to focus on what is possible, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is noble. Think on these things. Let that be my energetic output into the coaching industry, and I'll pull more of pull more of that aspect out of the people that I serve and the people that I uh, bring coaching into their awareness. What I
2: was going to say and what I will say now is um, – I love that pivot into the optimism because I am nothing if not that. I'd say 24-7-ish. And so uh, I, I let, let, let's pull on this thread of advice for potential coaches. And, and the first thing you said on this, which is first you need to get over your belief that you can't do it.
0: But or your that. beliefs about what the coaching coaching industry is—that it's a bad thing. It's like it's like being a car salesman. There's incredibly powerful, amazing car salesman people out there. Out there.
2: So, in embracing that you can do it, what is the first thing? Well, maybe that is the first thing um, people can do.
3: Well, and I think that one of the things they can do, and it ties back to what Cliff was saying, is if you know you have something meaningful to contribute, start contributing it right away. Whether it's a podcast or on LinkedIn or Medium or on a blog or wherever you, YouTube, wherever you are, you can be you and, and add value. Start adding value now and tell people who you are and what you believe, and how you want to serve. And that's where you can start. Partly, that offers a counter-narrative to the Charlotte. The charlatans aren't going to tell you who they are, and what they believe, and how they want to serve, right? So the best thing I can can think of, and I've actually been writing on this, and I think it's a theme that shows up for a lot of us on the regular, is to say, if you're working with a coach, these are the things you should expect. You don't have to work with me, but if you choose to work with a coach, these are the things you should expect, and these are the things you should uh, derive, how you should derive value. They should care about you. They should be genuinely interested in you and your success. They should ask those probing questions that Cliff mentioned, right? They're going to ask you hard questions or things you might have have shied away from asking yourself, and they're going to do it with love and compassion, and they're going to offer opportunities for you to Tap into their experience and their network and test your own assumptions against their experience and knowledge and make your own choice. Because my coach says, I am powerful enough to decide what is right for me. Right? So she knows that and things she shares, perspective she's offering, methods she might implement or suggest that I implement, if they are not right for me, she believes I'm powerful enough to say no. And if they are right for me, she believes I'm powerful enough to say yes. And if that, if I'm that powerful, then I have to believe my clients are too. But I would say the place you start is by is sharing what you want to, how you want to serve and how you're going to add value. Because that's the only way people can even begin to discern whether or not they want to work with you, and even if Cliff and and Annie and Deb and I were all doing something called like the Deb Cliff Annie Christie method, and we compared them and they look really really similar, right? You still might want to work with Deb on the Deb, because if you if the if the Deb method works and Deb is the right coach for you, then there's how many billions of people on the planet? You're going to, there's a lot.
0: Between seven and 8 billion, I think. Right.
3: Like every time (laughs) I talk about the numbers of billions, it gets bigger. You know, you're, you're going to need to find the person who's right for you. And that's part of it is if people are out there looking for you, you've got to give them some way to find you. And they need some way to, to be discerning.
2: And you've, you've just, this is why I have absolutely no problem having three coaches, <clears throat> three coaches, three graphic designers, three others, because everybody is different and everybody's approach is different yeah. in their own way. And it's approach and personality. And the other thing that you hit on, and I was mentioning before we went live, so I edited a panel for the California, edited, I moderated a panel on editing, for the California Creative Writers' Conference over the weekend. And one of the things that that someone brought up that I underlined and put in bold is you need to know yourself, which is what I focus on, is the foundation. When you know who you are, what you believe in, your mission, your motto, then the opportunities are endless because you have that foundation. And that way you know when you get bad advice that it is bad advice. And when you get something that's in alignment, you know to embrace it and run forward. So that. And, and um, before we jump over to Annie, Gleb, did you have anything else that you wanted to add in terms of the first step for potential coaches?
0: For potential coaches, the first step I would recommend is reading the book, The Prosperous Coach by Rich Litvin and Steve Chandler. If you've not read this book as a coach, it transformed my life. Within 90 days, it radically shifted my experience of of bringing on board coaches and clients. And one of the things that I love about it is it gives me the opportunity to connect with people at a deep level before I ever even consider them as a potential coaching client. And then the way that I'm implementing the system is I and I wait until I find somebody who has expressed something in their life where the type of coaching I do is a perfect fit and at least in my discernment and then I've only built over a, a period of time of connecting with them. A relationship where I now have the rapport to invite them. I say, listen, I'd love to invite you into a complimentary 90-minute one-on-one full-blown coaching experience with me. It's my gift to you. No strings attached. No expectation. No obligation. You will ever pay me a penny for my coaching. Can I serve you and help you with what you've described that you've got going on here? And then at the end of that session, if I still feel that they may be a good fit— I find out what are they, what are they committed to doing over the next two weeks as it relates to the insights they got out of that conversation. I then invite them to a second complimentary session. So then two weeks later, how things been going, they say, Oh my gosh, I've done more in the last two weeks than I have in the last two decades towards my dreams. This is amazing. Great. How can I serve you today? And I serve them for another 90 minutes. And if I still feel that they are a potential fit, I remind them that there is no expectation, no obligation. This was my gift. And if you want to end the conversation here, it's fine. But I do want to ask ask you a yes or no question, and no is perfectly fine with me. Would you like to have a conversation right now about what it would look like for you and I to have an ongoing paid coaching relationship? And I want to remind you, no is perfectly fine, and you don't even need to explain the no. And I do this, and so far, 54% of everybody I've proposed to has said yes to my proposals. It is an incredibly powerful thing to give three hours of your highest level coaching for free so that you don't ever have to communicate and try to sell them on the concept of your coaching. You've given them an experience and they know whether or not they want more of it. The Prosperous Coach book by Rich Litvin, Steve Chandler.
2: Love that. And I will, all of these um, links and Much of the recap will be in, if you go to devmethod.com slash blog, you can read the recap. So if you're listening or watching and get a little bit more of these insights, including the title and the link to that book. So thank you for that, Cliff. And wow, awesome. Annie, what is your first step for potential coaches? And for those who are listening to this, she's like twiddling her thumbs or, um, I, I, how do I describe that? She's
1: like ah, moving I'm, her I'm, palms together. Like, I'm mm. contemplating deeply. I'm contemplating deeply. Uh, you know, the first step is tough because everybody's coming in at different points on the learning curve and and serving people differently. But let me tell you the first humongous mistake I made as a baby coach in hopes that maybe you will avoid... That gigantic mistake, which is I had no freaking boundaries, zero. Okay, goose egg boundary and number total, right? And again, I'm going to use Cl- like Cliff's incredible example here. Cliff is deciding to gift three hours of coaching per prospect. That is something he is choosing to do within boundary. Knowing he can handle it and I'm guessing sets a certain number of those that can happen per month so that Cliff Cliff can like, you know, see family, eat and get paid. Right. But at the beginning, I had all of the great intentions of what Cliff is doing brilliantly now with no boundaries right? So I wouldn't do three hours of calls. I would do unlimited calls until they said yes, without me ever having to do a cliff said at the end, which is, can we have a conversation? Would you like to have a conversation right now about changing this up a little bit and becoming a different kind of relationship? Would you like to have that? I never did that at the beginning. I just did free session, 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 die. Okay, like don't don't do that to yourself. If you want to be super generous, it is your prerogative, generous with your money, generous with your time, generous with your learning. That's one of the best things about coaching is you can make your world around your generosity. However, that generosity has got to extend to you as coach because you are not a limitless resource. Even if you are woo, even if you are harnessing the powers of the freaking universe and you have Jesus himself on your side, you're going to need to rest for a while. And I say that having full blown COVID right now and yet still being on a live stream. So clearly <laughs> resting is not something that I'm good at. Okay. But. But I chose to be here and put boundaries in my day so that I could save up energetically to be here. I didn't say I made a promise and therefore I'll just keep promising, right? When I was a brand new coach, I would set a price and then I would slash it. I would set a boundary and then I would destroy it. I would put a limit on how much work I could give away or how much hand-holding I could do, and then I would violate myself. Violating yourself is not for the good of the client. Violating yourself will never be for the good of the client. I don't care what vertical, what industry you're in. There's over-delivering Right. And then there's blowing minds. They're not the same thing. And if you can show up empowered and in power Mm. while you're giving, you are going to have a transformative business, both for you and for them. But I almost put myself out of business over and over and over and over and gave myself an autoimmune disease that literally polka dotted my skin because I was not willing to receive. And when I did receive, it had such loosey-goosey boundaries, it felt like a pittance. Please don't do that to yourself. You deserve to be compensated, respected, even adored, cherished as a resource for what you give. But if you don't treat yourself like something precious, your client won't either. Even if they love you, it is not the client's job to compensate you fairly. It's your job to ask and then be willing to receive. Please get out of your own way and receive. It took me years to figure out, and I'm so glad I did. But now I can really show up like what Cliff's talking about, what like Chrissy's showing about. I can have that impact. I can show up full generosity. I don't have to play small ever because I have boundaries in place.
2: Mm. And I will add, I did give Annie the option of. I said, I understand your Oh, state.
1: yeah, yeah. No one said you did it. No one's blaming you.
2: No, but I also want to, I just love how you framed it because this is something I often talk about. You know, what are you going to give up to gift yourself the time yeah. towards your goals? And it was just a perfect example. Well, if I want to do this, then my day needs to be this way. Mm-hmm. So I, I really love that example. I do want to give you the opportunity because you've alluded to and also said how you've gotten burned. Will you please tell people about your book, like, really quickly? About my book? Yes, about your book.
1: Okay. So developmental <laughs> editor Deborah Eckerling. That's not why I said it. Uh, has come up with the word salespirational. So here's the thing. I, I'm i going to try to change up how I talk about this because, Cliff, you really got me thinking about what you focus on expanding. And I do not want to be the harbinger of bad news about coaching. I don't. That's not what I want for me. That's not what I want for any of you. However, I have been in the room a lot with a lot of sobbing people uh, talking about how their dreams were stolen from them, how they've been hiding in closets so their husbands don't find out they bought programs, right? We don't want any of that. But discernment is the name of the game. You've heard it from Cliff. You've heard it from Christy. Discernment is the name of the game. So I wrote the book, The Coach Who Would Not Sell, about when I would not sell and how I got myself to receive. And for me, it was a energetic It was energy management meets moral discernment. Does this feel good to me? Does this feel uncomfortable or unnatural to me? That's my favorite question. Uncomfortable means I'm growing. Unnatural means I'm out of integrity with myself. Right? So I always tell my clients, it's okay to feel uncomfortable. I don't want you to feel unnatural. So I wrote a book for people for whom selling is uncomfortable. So we can lean into what is natural and help you benefit and sell and receive and go out and go forth and blow minds, right? But absolutely nothing in your business should feel like you have to lessen yourself or debase yourself or change your integrity or turn a blind eye to areas of your business. You don't need to do that. I'm sitting here on a panel with three other people who would never, ever, ever do that. Right. So I want to go ahead and do what Cliff said and keep amplifying the fact that there are incredible examples literally everywhere, everywhere. I could say the names of ethical, incredible, transformative beings into this microphone all day long. And I wish that I could. Wow. It would just be a whole podcast of me naming coaches, but it would be great. But. Those people are great because they chose to be great and they back themselves with practices that facilitate that greatness. And they are completely unwilling to compromise themselves. So that's what the book is about. Not compromising yourself while you learn to sell. Thank you. (laughs) Whoa and wow. (laughs) Wow. But
2: And this is a really nice through line, though, for all of you. You've taken your experiences and using them to help others. And if we want to dial it back to to what Cliff was on at the beginning, which is you've lived a life. You don't need necessarily all the certifications or any. Um, Educating yourself through experience, absolutely, because you need to. We're all unique. We all have different personal and professional backgrounds and we all have the things that we're passionate about. So that that perfect recipe, yes, I always mention food, is taking all of those things as who you are and that's who you show up. And that's um, what people see, what attracts people to what you have to offer them. So before we jump into gifting goals, Glyph or Christy, do you have anything else that you want to add about anything in general of uplifting in the industry or anything else?
0: Christy, I'll let you go. I've I've talked a lot. So,
2: you know, it's, uh,
3: I think any small business, which is essentially what a a coach is, right? Whether solopreneur, however you want, whatever nomenclature you want to use. If you were my client, I would start you with, what is it you're trying to create in the world? What does success look like, right? And so I guess we've said it in many different ways, but just be really clear on what you're trying to create in the world and what, what it is that will be successful for you and your family and your community, and what will be successful for the people you serve. And if you can use that framework, it really becomes a very useful tool in terms of deciding whether or not to do things. Because the next thing that most entrepreneurs struggle with is, I've got all these ideas and I have all these opportunities and I don't know which one to choose. If you can choose the ones that are aligned to the what you're trying to create and be discerning about which those are and be truthful with yourself about the fact that no matter how long you live, you won't be able to do everything you want to do. Therefore, you need to decide which of those things are most important to you now and and do them, right? And so then you'll be able to say no to things that aren't a good fit. And you'll be able to say yes wholeheartedly to things that are, that help you get closer to what you're trying to achieve. So, you know, that's, uh, I want you to know where you're going and then use that knowledge to help you make choices along the way.
2: Which is I'm nodding furiously because, you know, this is what I'm all about. You know, you've got your mission and motto. That is your compass. And that's what helps you with the decisions as you move forward on whatever path it is that you choose. Yeah.
3: Choice is the most powerful tool you have. Choosing to do something, choosing to be something, choosing to to put your energy in one place versus another. And I think most people are intimidated by that power, that choice, that how powerful choice is. Um, and we abdicate it. We 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 let that power go because we're we figure we have we may somehow maintain flexibility and we keep our options open if we don't choose. And in fact, we we are in this active state of inertia if if such a thing is possible, if the physicists out there um, don't don't uh, disprove that. Right. But, I, I, you know, you feel active, but you're actually not doing anything. And I, by means, not choosing,
2: you think you're empowered, but by not choosing, you give yourself less power because absolutely. it's stagnant. No, i totally absolutely. with you on that. And so Cliff, what would you like to add before we go into the gift and goal portion of the conversation?
0: Mm, gosh, there's so much I could add, but I, I just think the conversation has been brilliant so far. And I just want to say what Annie talked about is the setting those boundaries and knowing Showing up powerfully and in power, just how incredibly awesome that is. I I, want to reinforce that. A lot of the struggles that many coaches have is the fact that they come up with a very, relatively in my world, a very low rate of what they charge on a monthly basis. Uh, They make an offer for a very short period of time rather than the potential of working along somebody for a lengthier period of time that could be very beneficial. And then they... Include everything. We're going to meet once a week, every week, and you get unlimited access to me via email or Voxer. And at three o'clock in the morning, I'll come to your house and hold your hand. (laughs) Um, and to me, you know, I've, I've got to the place where I do on average one year minimum commitment. Nobody pays me less than $12,000 a year for that. And that includes one 90 minute Zoom call per month with no access to me whatsoever in between those 90-minute calls. And that comes out to an average of $833 per hour that I spend with the client. And I don't do anything that's less profitable than that. And that's my standard. And that allows me to work Monday through Friday, two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon with three and a half hours in between so I can nap every day of the week, And I wake up at 4.30 in the morning and I devote three to five hours of prayer, meditation, reading, studying, journaling, and literally empowering myself to be all that I was created to be in this world. So I just want to say absolutely show up, powered up, and in power. I love that
2: this this is so important and i I, I love my conversations and I, I wouldn't even call this one off the rails I would just say I love the organic nature of it this is why I love doing this because I get to put cool people together and just kind of let them do this and and that is my joy so thank you all so much for bringing your a games to this conversation into our audience. Now I would love for you all to gift a goal to the audience and it can be for anything coaching related. So towards someone who wants to coach or a e, what is something that they can do today tomorrow that will really help them do what's next for themselves? And Cliff, let's start with you. What goal Would you like to give? I'll give
0: you a goal to pursue. I would encourage you to take whatever the highest rate you've ever charged for anything. And I want you to double that rate and propose that to, let's just say, however average number of people you propose to in a given month, I want you to propose to a minimum of that many people that doubled rate. And your goal is to get every single one of them to say no to you. That's it. That's your goal. Your goal is to get every single person you propose to to say no to double your rates. Your goal is not to – in fact, if any one of them says yes, that means you need to pursue somebody else and propose to them so that you can meet whatever that number is. So every time somebody says yes to your doubled rates, you must start over from scratch for you to reach this goal. Okay. Can you be a little more? <laughs> yeah. So let's, ju- let's just say that you typically propose to five people every month. All right. So your goal is to get five people to say no to your proposal for twice the amount that you have ever charged, the highest you've ever charged. The problem you're going to run into is that is going to be incredibly difficult you will unfortunately get people who will say yes to you. And if you are going to if you are going to meet this goal, you are going to have to propose to more than 5 people. You may find that you'll need to propose to 10 to get 5 of them to say no to your doubled rates. That's your goal.
2: Your goal is to propose to keep going.
0: No, your goal is to get
2: The same
0: number of people that you typically propose to on an average month over the next 30 days Mm -hmm. to say no to your proposal of twice the amount of the highest you've ever charged. You won't be able to do it.
3: Yeah. You're going to prove that you can actually command that amount. And you're also going to prove to yourself that you can hear no and the world doesn't end.
0: That's exactly right. And the goal is to get the no. The goal is not to get the yes.
3: Yes. I'm, I'm taking that goal with me.
1: It's glorious it's utterly utterly glorious goal
3: yeah um that's all we've got we we all agree that you should do it yeah yep.
2: um, uh, no you guys still have to give goals <laughs> you know, if you're
3: starting out and uh you've taken cliff's challenge you know if, if you're if you're new to this i would say do that exercise of really getting clear on who it is you're here to serve because you're not here for everybody And the sooner you get clear on who exactly it is you want to work with, the easier it'll be for them to find you and to pay you what Cliff wants you to to price yourself. I would say the other thing that I challenged myself to recently is I was hiding behind the comfort of writing proposals. So I'd have that introductory call with you. We'd have a great time. I didn't want to say the price right away on the phone or on the Zoom call. And I would use the proposal as sort of a buffer. Now, there are times I still use the proposal because I know I'm going to underprice myself if I say it in the heat of the moment. I don't have a group. I've tried that. It's not my thing. Um, But um, but most of the time I can close a deal without having to write a proposal. And so that's been my challenge to myself for the last two months is to just make the ask right then and there. Get the yes, get the no, whatever it's going to be. And so I would say, you know, that's that. If you're hiding behind something like that, if you're using a multi-step process when you don't need a multi-step process, then start to start to make that ask, and and free yourself of the multiple steps that you've created that you don't need.
2: Get rid of the steps in your multi-step process for asking. Well, you know, if it's if you're
3: hiding yeah. behind it, right? right? You know, if, if you've been doing this for a while, you've probably created a cadence for how you engage prospects and close deals. And, and if you're adding layers there that slow down getting to yes or getting to no, you don't need them. So challenge yourself in that same way. Ask for more and ask for it in the moment.
2: Awesome. Love it. Annie, what about you?
1: Uh, practice radical self-forgiveness. What
2: can you elaborate?
1: Yeah. I mean, what I wanted to say was just do what Cliff and Christy said, right? Like get out there, ask for it, command it, own it. Um, but sometimes it's easier said than done. And I just remember when I was new, everything was a new landscape. I wasn't starting a coaching business like other coaching businesses I had seen. And so I floundered and I made some mistakes. And like I already mentioned, I had horrible, loosey-goosey boundaries. And I let people abuse my energy. I tolerated things I shouldn't have tolerated. I did so many things wrong, 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 right? But it wasn't until I realized that the best definition of entrepreneurship I've ever heard is the willingness to fail in public. I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. I am willing to make an ass of myself so that other people coming up behind me can have an easier time. But again, I can't do that sustainably if I'm going to be cruel to myself about the decisions I made incompletely or even just flat out wrong choices I made. It's going to happen. If you're running a business of one or bringing on a team, you're going to make mistakes every single day, missteps every single day. You're going to make incredible decisions every day. You're going to move mountains every day. You're going to show yourself that you are more capable as a divine being having a human experience than you ever could have imagined every single day, but you're going to make mistakes. And if you beat yourself up every time something doesn't work out, or every time you fall an inch short of where you wanted it to be, you're going to hurt the sustainability of your impact. So practice radical self-forgiveness, whatever that means to you. And then what I said before, remember you are a precious, precious commodity. And that if you don't cherish you, nobody can.
2: See, that's what you're supposed to say at the end on the final thought, but that's okay.
3: I'll see it again I, I, you know we're, COVID. we're mixing it up here. So it's the Can we have a final thought too. Oh my goodness!
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow, go do it. it! Just go do it. You'll amaze yourself. You will. This amaze is, yourself. And I, I put this off. the The overall goal: <clears throat> ask for more money. Ask for it now. And that's what, whatever your business, whatever, whether you are a coach, a consultant, a Anything, anything. Next week we're talking entrepreneurship. I'm, I'm gonna guess I'll probably get some similarities in that conversation as well. But just to cherish yourself, because a, if you don't do it, who's going to? And that's going to show in the work that you do. Yeah. Also, this has been such a great conversation. I'm sure we could do another hour. But I do want to be respectful of everyone's time. Before we wrap, uh, please share where people can find you slash learn more about you. And again, if you go to the recaps, the devmethod.com slash blog, the links um, that are mentioned will be there as well. So let's start with you, Christy. Where can people find you?
3: They can find me at PurposeFirstAdvisors.com. They can also find me on LinkedIn, Christy Maxfield. I try to put as much out there as possible so you can kick the proverbial tires um, before you ever have to engage. But I encourage you to engage because once we have a conversation, we can figure out more, more precisely whether or not we're a good fit. Awesome. And
2: Cliff, where can people find you?
0: You can find me at cliffravenscraft.com, and on that page, if you scroll down to the second section on the page, you'll have access to my opening keynote address to one of the best talks that I've ever given. It's called All Beliefs Have Consequences, and in 60 minutes, I will tell you why you are experiencing the life that you are experiencing, and you'll learn, number one, what a belief is, how you got them, how you can eliminate limiting beliefs, and how you can get condition new um, new beliefs to live whatever life you desire to live all of that over there at cliffravenscraft.com.
2: love it fantastic and annie where can people learn more about you
1: if your relationship with sales is funky you can head on over to sellcoachsell.com and use the code deb sent me to get your own copy of the coach who would not sell If your relationship with sales is all right, but your marketing could use a little boost, head on over and listen to my podcast, Too Legitimate to Quit.
2: Thank you for that, Annie. And um, I am at The Dev Method everywhere. You can learn more about me at thedevmethod.com. And if you need a little bit of help refocusing your goals, you can grab a copy of your goal guide at your favorite place to buy books. Uh, and again, the recaps, the devmethod.com dot com slash blog. Awesome conversation. Thank you all so much. I love leaving people with a final thought. So, Annie,
1: final thought. Don't <laughs> let. OK, don't <laughs> let what I said about the industry scare you. Let's get positive, like Cliff said, and let's start figuring out how we're going to blow so many minds. Watch them try to say something bad about the coaching industry. Watch them try, right? We can be part of something incredible. Guess what? We already are. So lean into your ethics and integrity, and it's only going to help your gifts shine more. You've got this.
2: I think that's awesome, and I love the shift. Look what you did, Cliff.
0: (laughs) I brought some energy
2: amazing so what is your final thought
0: cliff my final thought is you are way more powerful than you ever dreamed or imagined and have been led to believe and i would encourage you to seek the awesomeness that is within you and if you have not already discovered the power of meditation give it a shot once a day minimum of 10 minutes a day for the next 30 days and you will be blown away by who you discover there
2: okay i see another bonus goal meditate 10 minutes a day for 30 days
0: sure why not
2: i think that's awesome
0: but my okay. closing thought is that you are far more powerful than you've been led to believe
2: i i agree with, i well i'm nodding a lot so we know i agree with you all but i wouldn't have you on if i didn't expect you right it, it's true we have and it goes back to everything we've talked about but we have the power. It's the choice to embrace the life we want and turn all those dreams into reality. But that's not my final thought. Christy, what is your final thought? There I go. Jumping ahead again.
3: <laughs> my final thought is to echo Cliff's earlier idea of you're fully prepared the way you are. Um, if you ready to go out and do this, if you have a clear idea of what you want to create in the world and who you want to serve, then start doing it. You don't need to take another course. You don't need to read another book. You don't need to study in some other method. Just really do it and trust that you are as good as you believe you are.
2: And everybody really is because we all have those gifts. They just sometimes are like buried over I, I'm going to Sometimes right they're again. right
3: there shining on the surface, but we've decided that that scares us. And so we're going to just do one more thing before we're ready to show everybody how beautiful they are. And there's going to be a whole bunch of people who don't see that beauty or who try to diminish that beauty or who um, make you feel self-conscious for doing it. But if it's your gift to share, then you need to know that it needs to be shared and you have to share it. So you know, just embrace the fact that you're prepared just the way you are.
2: What a wonder! I I love these because I always feel nice and warm, fuzzy, and inspired from these conversations as well. Thank you so much, Christy Maxfield, Cliff Ravenscraft, and Annie P. Ruggles for joining me today and sharing your thoughts on coaching from all aspects, but mostly about empowering people wherever they are in life to move forward. Whether you are watching us live or the replay or listening to us, we are glad that you're here and that you chose yourself and your goals. You can be anything and everything you want to be. So go on out there and go for it because we know you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at the Method on social media, and check out TheDevMethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it.
0: This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit MarketingPodcasts.net.